0: Week on Sportsmanlike Conduct. Thank you, Mason Crosby. The Detroit Lions get a win off a bunch of missed field goals from their kicker. Michigan gets the win over Maryland, which we expected, but the Wildcats beat Michigan State. What is going on in the state of Michigan? Also, Michigan will enter a big stretch of games, so we'll talk about that. And we'll quickly at the end keep up with our MLB playoff coverage. We'll break down those games and talk about that. All that and more on Sportsmanlike Conduct next. And welcome in, everybody, to Unsportsmanlike Conduct, the pro sports show where we talk and you listen. My name is Andrew McDonald, and across from me, as usual, is Evan Petzold. Evan, how we doing?
1: You know, not a teenager anymore. It's pretty nice. Teen- it's this guy's birthday the other day, folks. And- October 10th, I uh, officially made the jump from the 19 to the 20. So, yeah, it's been it's been an excellent week, actually, Andy. You know, thank you for asking how I'm doing. I've really enjoyed my birthday week. Excited to, uh, to get a chance to go home this weekend. And just, you know, spend time with my family and, you know, do the family type of birthday yep. stuff, you know. So, yeah, it, it's been great. I'm, I'm just really enjoying everything right now. School's going well. The writing stuff, you know, for, for CM Life going great. And then podcasting with you, does it get any better? <laughs> I don't think so.
0: With me, it really just laying it out there. I, I was sleeping the other night, right, and this kid calls me to get me up to go celebrate his birthday. He he dragged me to the wayside, folks. That's the first time I have been there in at least a year I think on a Tuesday night. So yeah, pretty 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 fun night overall, I'd say. We but we we snuck over to your side of the the hangout over there <laughs> without saying too much, obviously. We got it, but let's not get you in too much legal trouble now. I'm just kidding, they wouldn't even care. But anyways, we'll talk about some sports on this podcast instead of anything else. The Detroit Lions, I'm seriously at this point just starting to get frustrated. Like, yeah, it's a win, okay? Like you're happy, whatever. They beat the Packers, but and 31 to 23, they pretty much controlled this game the entire time. I mean, yeah, Green Bay. They start out third quarter with like, you know a touchdown. You were kind of like, oh boy, here comes Aaron Rodgers. Like, of course, this game can't be an easy win. Then they got a late touchdown, but they they still were kind of lethargic. And Green and you know, Kenny Galladay got that touchdown um in the fourth quarter early, which kind of essentially sealed the game. From there, you knew the Lions were gonna be able to blow it. But really, the story of this game is as it's the everything that everybody's been talking about this week. Mason Crosby just could not make mm-hmm. a field goal. And the, and those were points that by the end of the game had helped the Lions win.
1: Well, Andy, have you ever had a girlfriend as far as when you were younger? You know, let's let's take it back to like, I don't know, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade. You ever I girlfriend? I think the
0: first one was sixth grade. Sixth grade. Okay. Sixth grade is my first girlfriend.
1: So th- this team, and I know I made the analogy, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, about how, you know, they're like going to school and you know, failing an exam and then, you know, getting a hundred percent on an exam. I'm going to do another new analogy, new week, new analogy. It's like when you're dating that girl when you're in like, you know, fifth, sixth grade and you're doing your thing. And you like her and she likes you, but, you know, you date one week and then the next week she's dating your best friend. Oh, boy. And then the week after that Rivalry. she's dating you again and then she's dating nobody the next week. That's exactly what this is like. It's that up and down trend. You know, one week she's with you, one week she's not. And that's exactly how it feels with this Lions team. One <laughs> week they are with you and the next week they are un-freaking-conscious. It, it never
0: fails, folks, because I'm gonna, I'm not going to lie to you guys. Like You know, we don't do the most preparation for these podcasts. This kid just comes up with these analogies out of nowhere. I I swear he just thinks of them on the spot. Like that's but impressive. It's true though, right? Like
1: think about that. No, it's it's very very true. Like, like that's you you lose to the Jets 48-17. When which lose, is just unbelievable. A, which is unbelievable. So <laughs> she's not with you there. All right, she's not with you. Obviously, she didn't want to. You go know out what? With she's definitely cheating playground. on your. Bro- she's cheating on you with your brother. That's what it is in that situation. But then she's getting a little bit closer, coming back, and then you lose by three of the Forty Nine ers. Close game. All right. Maybe you guys are just having a rough week. It mm-hmm. is what it is. But Patriots. You are winning that. You are winning that week. That is your week, man. You got the girl. Cowboys, you lose. Close game again. Packers, you win. Like Now, it's getting away from this stupid analogy, why can you only beat the best quarterbacks in the league? I, like, know, what is up with that? It's
0: crazy because the thing is about that the the Patriots game you talk about, they won that one 26-10. They had that game the whole way. Never really let go of it. And then you talk about this one. Sure, yeah, this final score looks a little bit closer, but... The Lions were winning 24-0 to at halftime, and it pretty much was in no doubt they were going to win this game.
1: Well, Crosby makes his field goals, and it's over. They lose. Yeah, I mean, they like, won't even win the game. But think about that a little bit, though. You have all those opportunities to capitalize, and you're up 21-0 after the first quarter. <clears throat> I mean, excuse me, first half. And at that point, what did he miss? Did he miss two at that point, or was yeah, it three? At halftime? Was it two or three? He had,
0: he had missed two, and then he and then he kicked one for the break, I believe it was his third, and then he missed the fourth one in the second half. Don't quote me on that, but he missed four field goals. See so your
1: talent tell- before the break. So we missed three before halftime. Yes, time. I'm pretty
0: sure he missed three before halftime. So time. you
1: are up twenty-one, nothing. Green Bay's kicker has missed three field goals, <laughs> and you only finish, you know, with a thirty-one, twenty-three, you know, victory. Are you serious? Yeah. Is that taking your foot off the gas? Is that you know Green Bay finally finding life? What is it, Andy? What what was it there? I really, it's just
0: I I think the one thing you got to blame too is is McCarthy. Like, why do they keep going back to him? I mean, after he already missed, like when he missed the third field goal, I know this guy has been around for. A uh, long time. He's been Green Bay's kicker. He's been one of the better kickers in the league. Everybody knows who oh, he is. Oh, he's been great. Crosby's been good. Yeah. So like you can't you can't like, you know, shun the guy or think he's not eventually gonna get over it. But eventually it's a mental thing. When when he misses an extra point, I mean Mason Crosby missed an extra point in this game too. Like he's clearly not there. And what what happened last year when the Lions played against, you know, Green Bay at home or at Lambeau, when the game was at Lambeau,
1: mm-hmm.
0: he missed the game winning field goal and the Lions got to win there too. It's almost like the guy can't kick against the Lions, which is you know, mind-boggling to me. Why does he have mind shakes against the, a team that can't finish themselves? But nevertheless, I mean, Matt Stefford got them the big lead this time. They got more touchdowns instead of just field goals, and they actually got in the position to score. I mean, it, it was impressive. It was fun to watch. And Kirion Johnson, twelve carries, seventy yards. It's not a hundred, but I'll take twelve carries for seventy yards all day. This this team has a better offense right now when they, when they are running the ball well, and they ran the ball well against Green Bay, but. I don't know. It, it's very. The whole NFC North right now is really hard to predict. I mean, the Bears are at the top.
1: Vet. It makes no sense. Three and one. Three and one. Andy, it makes no freaking sense. Coming into the year, don't th- get it.
0: that was the team that you thought would probably still finish around the bottom with either probably the Lions or, you know, I don't know, probably the Lions. That was it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be those two maybe at the bottom. And the Lions are still at the bottom, but the Bears are like the better team. And it's just like. It's very confusing how the Lions are able to get a win like this. It's at home. I mean, I know they do find a way. Matt Stafford can still be capable of winning games, but...
1: You know what, though? Here's what I found out from this this win, all right? Defense in the second half, let's put that to the side for now. It happens, okay? It's a half of football, and yeah, maybe they didn't do too hot at putting the Packers away, but I did learn something about Matthew Stafford. 14-26, 183 yards, two touchdowns, didn't need to do a ton, but he did everything right. Yep. Did everything that he had to do. Yeah, 100% he played perfectly. a very efficient game. I, I I'll say that. I watched. It and all. Then Kenny Galladay, four receptions, 98 yards, a touchdown. Kenny Golden Galladay Tate, is the real. Yards. How about Kenny Galladay? Slow he down for a second. He's the guy. Like, like that. You like that uh stiff arm on Ha Ha Clinton Dix? Yeah, dude. Just in general,
0: like this guy can play and he can catch and like Stafford trust him like. He's great. I mean, there is something
1: brewing there. Marvin
0: Marvin Jones was their guy. Another drop touchdown in the end zone this week. But which, by the way, if you would have caught that, I might have won in fantasy. So pretty frustrated, but nevertheless, that's that's where they're at. I mean, Kenny Galladay is Matt Stafford's main target. Andy. Okay,
1: the coffee machine is brewing. It is brewing. Like you got to think about it this way: there is literally, there, there's literally tons, tons of coffee grains ready to go in that coffee machine, and that's the connection between Stafford and Galladay. And that's what it's been for the year when he he got injured and he had all his his issues go down with that, wasn't able to really get on the field as much as many people would have liked to see him last year, and it is just brewing, brewing, (laughs) brewing, and we are finally seeing how good this coffee really tastes. This is a Mac guy. I mean, Coffee's good, man. This coffee is legit. Let me tell you that. He's a Mac guy too, and
0: everyone knew because of his size that he had the potential to be good. It's definitely there, and as long as he can stay away from the injury that he had last year and not have it reoccur, like this is the kind of guy that like has been. I'm not, I'm not gonna call him Calvin Johnson. I'm just saying he's the kind of guy that is built like him, 213, he has hops like mad, and he, can, and he can go up and get balls. Like the catches he makes are ridiculous sometimes too. Like I mean, just like the way he's been able to control the ball when he's like falling back, it's just it reminds you a lot of those days because Stafford's able to do what he likes to do. Fling it downfield, air it out, mm-hmm. and he hasn't had
1: that in a couple of years since Matt Stafford, and I think he's finally got his guy. Andy, you and I are both guys that understand how it works in the professional sports industry. We we understand that guys can come on the scene and then very quickly fall off the scene. Yeah. See it all the time. How long into this season does Kenny Galladay have to keep it up until it is very clear that he is the future at wide receiver.
0: I would say. I mean, I mean is, it, much, is it
1: even into next year? Yeah, you, think? Uh, you, okay. you got to my point. You took the words right
0: out. That's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. He has to be able to play good this entire season. Because if he if he can put together a full year, then you're like, okay, this is your guy coming back next year. If he just plays, you know, good for eight of the eight or nine of the games this year, but has a couple of games where he doesn't really do anything. I mean, of course, you're gonna have like maybe two or three where you don't put up huge numbers, but. Still, you got to see consistency from this guy, and getting the target. Stafford has to continued to keep to go to him. You have to see all that to keep the quarterback and wide receiver, you know, rhythm going. I think if they can keep that going for a full season, then everybody's gonna believe in Kenny Galladay for sure. I think right now the main worries are still the injury could come back at any time, and the fact that you know he still is only a, basically a rookie. It's it's kind of it's kind of hard to just lay everything down in him, but they have a great receiving core. They got Golden Tate, Marvin Jones, who are two guys that are very capable of playing as well. you so, out of the backfield. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they still they still got it there, so they they're fine. I mean, before well, they got a receiver, Stafford has weapons. He's got no excuse in that category. It's just they got to start putting together more games like these ones, mm-hmm. like against they are against good teams. Now, I mean, yeah, Green Bay is only two two and one, and you know the and uh, Brady and uh, you know the
1: company, they're only three and two, so quickly before we jump to to college sports, I just got to ask, you know, Dolphins are are coming up on the 21st, so obviously, you know, you get that bye. Don't want to get too far into it because I know know, there still is time left until that game is played, but, you know, Ryan Tannehill, uh, quarterback, Frank Gore at the running back position for the Dolphins, and then, you know, also Kenny Stills at wide receiver. Ryan Tannehill has weapons, too. What are your thoughts about that game? I, I and obviously not on not on Sunday, but looking forward to the following Sunday on the twenty first. What, what do you think?
0: You know the Lions or not the Lions? The Dolphins were a team that to start the year was three and zero, and the whole time it was kind of like, are they really three and zero though? Are mm-hmm. they really the team that's going to go win that division with how difficult it is? I don't think they're that good of a team, but nevertheless, whenever the Lions play in the road, forget it. It's almost it's like if you watch Matt Ryan and the Falcons, it's the same kind of way. Anytime those guys don't play in a dome it's hard for them to be as good as they have been it's like it's just a problem and i think it just kind of goes hand in hand with the fact that you know you simply have to play um these games all the time at home and you, and you practice all the time inside and whatever else you know when you go play these games on the road and in a hot environment like miami it's always going to be a difficult game i think the lions are clearly still the better team talented on paper but it's going to be a close game there's no way the lions are going to walk in there and blow out miami it'll it'll definitely be a good one um i think if i had to come down and pick for it right now i'd probably pick detroit um, but then again, this team has been so unpredictable this year. It's kind of hard to say what they're really gonna do. But, for sure. but if I had to go for it right now, I'm definitely taking the taking the Lions over the Dolphins. But but not by much, probably a 24 to 17 type final. Evan, what do you what do you think there?
1: That's respectable. I mean, I would take the the Dolphins to be honest. Looking at Ryan Tannehill and the way that he's been able to compose himself with, you know, the weapons that maybe he. Wish stepped up a little bit. Yes, he has options, and I think against the Lions' defense, I think that's a game where Dolphins come in and Ryan Tannehill really gets to air it out, you know, a little bit more than than maybe he has been able to in the past. Maybe that's a game where Frank Gore gets gets going. I, I don't know. Who knows? We'll talk about that, you know, on, on next week's edition, just to to dive a little bit deeper into that game. But college football, <laughs> Michigan taking Michigan on Wisconsin, that, and that that's the premier game of the weekend that that is the game that everyone's got their eyes on college game day. especially in the big 10 college game days there but also you, you cannot forget about michigan state playing number eight penn state yeah they're that, playing that's a them. game too but the, the
0: question is now what does it mean
1: who shows up
0: what does it mean anymore yeah i mean they lost the Wildcats last weekend that's that's a little shocking but we'll start off with michigan because it's it's supposed to be the bigger game here and i mean last week again my boy Shea Patterson huh, that we've talked about not getting enough attempts. I like what I saw last week. A lot of throws, 19-27, two, 282 yards, three touchdowns. Just the one interception, which wasn't his fault. Tipped mm-hmm. off a tipped off a receiver's hands, fell right in the other guy's hands. That's got to be caught. Um, but he he's really showing that he can lead this team, and he's ready. But these are the kind of games where here we go, Jim Harbaugh. What's it going to be? Are you going to be what you've been every single year where you can't win? I mean, he has beat Wisconsin in the past. Actually, the last time that uh, Michigan was played at home, Michigan won that game. That was probably one of his marquee wins since he's been here, which isn't you know one of the better things to say. But nevertheless, it's a huge game to start it out with a three-game stretch of you know coming up with Michigan State and then Penn State to follow as well. This is where it all starts. This is where you prove yourself and you start to become that team. And I think what we've seen you know right now is Michigan made all the corrections it had to make. Since they lost in the our Dame, I think that they've they've really proved that they can be a team and be a powerhouse in this conference and be someone who can compete for the conference title. Now it's time to put it out there and lay it out on the floor. And and what do they have to do to do that? I mean, we've seen it from Zach Gentry. Now he's guys getting a bunch of targets. He looks like their their number one guy almost for Shea Patterson. He had seven last weekend uh, catches for 112 yards. Karan Headman is clearly one of the better running backs in the Big Ten, and it's not just because they're playing against teams that aren't as good. He's shown it since last year. He had 25 carries, 103 yards this weekend. Michigan's made the corrections, but what do they got to do now? If they're playing against a team like Wisconsin.
1: Well, the the offense. Okay, to be honest, the offense has changed a little bit. One, the offensive line, I I think is good enough at this point. I think they're they're there. Certainly an upgrade from last year. If Chris Evans can can get back to you know being hundred percent healthy, it's a beautiful tandem with Karan Higdon. He is it, supposed Higdon's to play this fire. week, correct? Yeah, yeah. Supposed to play, but we'll we'll see when it comes down to it. You know the offensive line only intensified since ed warner showed up and and jim McElwain, you know the the wide receivers coach from from florida uh, who was the head coach there and, and now is at, at michigan you know that positions kind of started to to figure out and i think you've seen jim harbaugh becoming more involved in the play calls i think it's his offense now it's different you know you, you looked at notre dame game they they were doing so many different things Almost like to the point where it was weird and almost pointless to try as much as many things as they were trying. But now, finally getting into that rhythm, I mean, they they basically go with the the essentially the personnel of having you know one running back, two tight ends, two running backs and one tight end, mm-hmm. or they'll end up going with two tight ends and two running backs, and that's it's basically what you know Harbaugh ran at Stanford. That's that's the kind of the offense that he has now, and I think that's something that he hasn't been able to do in the past, just because he had. Guys like Pep Hamilton and and you know a guy like him calling <laughs> plays, plays that all the time. Yeah. You had, you had him calling some plays and mm-hmm. and you had you know Tim Drevno calling some plays and then beginning of this year you had you know Jim McElwain calling some plays and then you know sometimes Harbaugh would call a play and things would go through him and that's it was just so. So much confusion. Yeah. And I think now it's finally his offense. It is Jim Harbaugh's offense, and it is Jim Harbaugh's quarterback, and it is Jim Harbaugh's running back, and it's Jim Harbaugh's wide receivers. Yeah. And it's his tight ends, too. It is no longer, you know, yeah, Pep Hamilton's got these guys. Take care of them. It's, you know, Drevno— yeah, you know, you're the offensive coordinator, but I really want you to focus on some of the running back. You know, no, no, not too many like responsibilities that
0: for one yeah, it guy. Yeah, yeah,
1: it is, and now it's finally Jim Harbaugh's offense, and he can do whatever the hell he wants to do with it. And right now, it's working. It is really working. This team has exploded as of late. Karan Higdon, you know, 101 carries for 582 yards and five touchdowns. He's been on it. True Wilson, a third stringer True who's Wilson. a walk on. 188 yards, one touchdown. Let's talk about his blocking abilities. Yeah, they've talked about he's like the example. On oh, my the practice gosh. Week. That's what they want. Let's go, to, you know. let's go to Ben Mason. Five touchdowns on 41 yards as a fullback. Bench, bro, that's his nickname. How about Donald People's
0: Jones being the receiver that they need? That's somebody that's a wide out that took over after Tariq Black got hurt. He found out the end zone again this week. After he got banged up, what does he do? He comes right back in and gets a touchdown a couple plays later.
1: Zach Gentry, three hundred and six yards through the air as a tight end. Clearly, touchdown.
0: clearly, something going on there between him and Patterson. Oh my like gosh, they, yes. They are getting along.
1: I think <laughs> I, I true okay. Five and one start. We've seen what Shea can do. I think this is this is the year. I think the this year. is the year.
0: Like, how far do they go?
1: I think this is the year that they win a Big Ten title. I think they go to the couch ball Playoffs. I think they lose in the in the first round. I think the they make the playoff, though. I think they make the playoff. The this, only reason this I is think the year, that Andy, the, they look too good not this because year. of not
0: because of um, because of their record. Sure, because but of Ohio say, State. No, same Michigan were to run the table and went out. They got a major problem in front of them, and that's Notre Dame because Notre Dame beat them to start the year, and Notre Dame is probably going to go undefeated. I mean, their their chances of not going undefeated are very low. So the problem is you look at it. Yeah, but who do they play? Pitt, it doesn't Navy, matter.
1: Northwestern, Florida but, State, Syracuse, USC, those are but, all teams that they can smoke. Michigan could beat every one of those teams as well. Yeah, Michigan could. So, yeah, they'll go undefeated. But they got and the then win, they get a, the win
0: over Michigan, which is it'll already, be a rematch. already enough.
1: It'll be a rematch, and I think Michigan's yeah, a you, much different team than they were against Notre Dame on September no, no, 1st. No, 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 I'm
0: not saying that. I'm just saying like simply because of like who's in front of them, you got Georgia and Alabama, if they were to win out and play in the championship game, one of those two teams is in, and then if you think about Clemson, I don't think Michigan's going to jump Clemson unless they were to lose too. So
1: I think in the Big Ten, if you, I think if you win the Big Ten, you're you got to be in. It's gonna be it's gonna be if difficult. You, if you have one loss on your record in Notre Dame, who's undefeated, you might get the chance got, to see you gotta, him you gotta, again. You they get might get the
0: chance to see him again. The, I think the one thing that they'll be competing with is the fact that both teams were undefeated in Georgia and Alabama going into the into their uh, their title game. Sometimes that weighs in and gets both in. I'm not saying it's the right decision. I'm just laying it out there how it actually here's,
1: is. Here's here's also how it goes for me too. Is the only way that you go undefeated. This season is if you can get past if you can get past Wisconsin, Michigan State, and Penn State. Yep. Say you win all those games, I think you go undefeated. I, I really think you do. And I think if you lose one of those games though, you also lose to Ohio State. Say so Ohio is a tall task. I mean, but I think if you win road, those three games, year. you know what you're about and you know you can beat Ohio State. I mean, State. obviously by
0: that time of the year, it's a completely different Michigan team. We don't even know what they'll be by then. Whether that's they win all three of these games and then they go into that game, like they're not scared anymore. There's no road nerves, whatever. That's the, that's that's still my biggest thing right now. I want to see Michigan play against Michigan, Michigan State in the road and see what they do because the way they've come out against teams in the road so far this year has not been good. You don't want to, you don't have that, but yeah, if you're right, you're right. if they went out and they actually go that far, Michigan should be in the playoff. there's if any team in the big Ten that's able to win in this conference and be able to go pretty much I mean undefeated in conference play, they deserve a shot at it, and they got their chance to prove it coming up right here. I mean it's all starts this weekend.
1: So what do you think Wisconsin Michigan state, Penn State coming up where's your head at, man?
0: It's tough to say because they've been good at home, and I really would like to see what happens this weekend before I make that prediction. To be completely honest, but if I had to make it right now, I still, I still think Michigan's going to drop one of them. I think it's a lot to ask to be able to win those three games in a row. When Don't does know, it happen? When does it happen though? I think it would be Penn State, if anything, which is kind of, which kind of sucks. Cause that's that's when all the momentum's build up, so it's hard yeah. to say that as well. But they could very well lose this weekend too. It's it's so hard to predict for me right now because they really haven't played a good, a really good team since Notre Dame. So. We'll see where they're at after this weekend. But, this is a this is a big one. But this Sparty, is a big you know, one.
1: Sparty the week after, that'll be an interesting game. And, and looking well, at the Spartans, talking about Sparty, Penn let's State Sparty. right now. Let's go there. Let's yeah, go.
0: They got they got to play against Penn State this weekend, and I mean that's this game means everything for the rest of Michigan State's season if they don't. If they don't win a game like this, they might not even have a chance to make like a BCS bowl. So well, they won't have a chance to make a BCS bowl. So or not not BCS, sorry, one of the one of the bigger bowl games. I forget that system is gone now. I'm I'm an older college football fan.
1: He's an old guy. Nevertheless, he's not not twenty. He's like, a Rose bowl,
0: a sugar bowl, any of those. They're probably not gonna be able to make that kind of a game if 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 they lose this game against Penn State. So this really says it all. But I mean, last week it's just it just kind of makes you wonder what happened. I mean, seriously, like I predicted this team, you know, I'm I'm full out wrong. Absolutely no doubt. I thought that Me too. I thought that Michigan State would be right there at the top of the Big 10. I thought they I thought they might even win it. I did say they would win it. They were my prediction coming the year. They had all this talent coming back. I mean, what? How do you lose a game? Like I mean, Mark Dantonio just, you know, straight up said like this is not acceptable. Like, you know, they're in a bad place right now. Like they're they're all you got to do is move on, go on to the next one. That's what he said. That's all you really can do at this point if you're Michigan State. You just got to play out the rest of the season because You know, your college football playoff hopes are they're done. I mean, you're not getting there now with where Ohio State's
1: at. I mean, how do you throw for 329 yards if you're Brian Lewerke and and lose – Twenty nine to nineteen. He threw up for three yards. Because Thornton yards. threw
0: for three hundred and seventy three and had three touchdowns. I mean, he had the two picks. Two but picks
1: though too. Like that's just that's Northwestern just not being overcame his mistakes and
0: still found a way to win that game. And it just it, it, it makes me laugh because you know they are I mean just the the usual fan bashing back and forth on Twitter when Michigan was losing to him a week ago and, and on the road give you not even mm-hmm. at home they were losing to him on the road. There was a lot of a lot of crap talked about Michigan. They're just not even good. And they're just playing nobody. Whatever. And then uh well Sparty didn't really get the job done this week. <laughs>
1: So I mean, thoughts against Penn State, though. I mean, McSorley's too good. Let's be honest here, Andy. Let's not, let's not kid ourselves. Let's not joke around about this Penn State team. Man, Trace McSorley is the real deal. He's a good leader. 73 too. for 138 yard, 38 passes this year, over a thousand yards, ten touchdowns, two interceptions. You got your running back in Miles Sanders, who's, you know, definitely done a good job of of picking up the slack Saquon after Barkley. losing Saquon Barkley. 87 carries, 538 yards, six touchdowns. KJ Hamler's come out of nowhere after, you know, not producing last year due to a due to an injury, which turned into a redshirt because he had the injury when he was a senior in high school. Now as a sophomore, a redshirt freshman, as a matter of fact, you know, KJ yeah. Hamler's been outstanding at the receiver position. Like Penn State blows him out, right? You think what, Michigan State blows him out? I think they blow him out, no doubt, because the simple fact, of the matter is,
0: you know, a guy a guy like McSorley who played against Ohio State earlier this year sold whiteout out game, night game, whatever, he had a lead, and he blew it. And I, and I think that, you know, you no know, matter what, I know your defense is a part of that as well, but you, you know as a quarterback you're going to take that upon yourself to say, I couldn't close down enough drives, I couldn't get enough first downs, whatever it was to be able to seal that game um, himself on offense. And I think he's frustrated from that. That's why I think Penn State is going to be so tough the rest of this year. They're going to be a team that's very hard to beat. Michigan State doesn't have a chance right now with me because going they're in, so well, far down.
1: Well, yeah, and going into Happy Valley, you know, yeah, playing yeah, at Beaver Stadium—that's like, not—it's not an easy place it's to play never there. Easy. <laughs> it is electric in there. Doesn't matter who it is. The Penn State fans—they love their football. Oh yeah, for sure. They love it. That's not what the, that Michigan the State fans don't, football. but they got Tom Izzo. Yeah, you know they—they've got the Lions. They've got they—they've got they've got a thing. Don't, gotta, don't get me you wrong. College. Don't, don't get me wrong. I mean Penn State—it's it's in Pennsylvania, and they have. Mm. You know, they, yeah, Philadelphia is in Pennsylvania as well, but it's just different. It's different. It's a totally different vibe. It's you're trapped there. You're 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 in University Park, Pennsylvania, and that's where you are. And you're at Beaver Stadium on Saturdays, and that's a given. I think the the atmosphere is too electric for Michigan State to overcome, and and I got to take Penn State in this one.
0: Yep, it's gonna be too much, and I mean, we'll see what the results are. But either way, it's a huge weekend for both those teams in the state. So they gotta they gotta show up and play some football games, but. Real quick, we'll end the we'll end our segments here with uh, the MLB playoffs. You know, Evan and I kind of talked about the matchups that we wanted to see. Right? You wanted you, it was no doubt you wanted to see Houston and Boston, the American League. What do we get? We got Houston and Boston. We both wanted to see LA, but I mean, it was kind of in between between the other ones. Yeah, 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 for sure they to make it there instead of the Rockies. But between the Brewers and Rockies, I mean, the Brewers are the better team all year. That's a with team. With Yelich,
1: that you want to see him? You really couldn't
0: like put it out there any better than what is out there on the field right now between these two teams or these these four teams for playing for the World Series. I mean, these are the best teams in the majors this year.
1: So who do you want to see? And then who do you think you'll see? I mean, who
0: do I want to see, to be yeah. completely honest? Oh, man. I, I, re- I want to see – I would like to see Boston against L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, to be my complete, because I, haven't, I haven't seen L.A. get back there in a while. And Boston has always just kind of been a team that I kind of like. And I love those, just the fire in that team. But I like the fire in both. I like the fire in the Astros, and I like the fire in, in Boston. But Houston got there last year. Th- this has been Boston season. I, for some reason, I just want to see them keep winning because I think they're so much fun to watch. Um, I would definitely like to see Boston against LA. But who I think it's going to be? I think I, I think I'm going to take Houston. I think they're going to. I think they're going to. Really? That experience is going to come back this year, from what they had a year ago. And I think their pitching is going to overtake Boston at the end of the day. I think their pitching is going to outdo Boston's hitting. I think either way, this is a series right now that you're picking in your head. You're like, this thing's going to seven games. Somehow, one still way or another, this LA going though, to seven right? games. Yeah, and then I think L.A. actually is going to sweep the floor at the Brewers. The Brewers are a bad team. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But I just think L.A. is destined to finally have something go right for them. Not to say they'll win the World Series, but I think they get there.
1: Yeah, for me, I I want to see Boston and L.A. too. I, I feel the same way. I want to see that. But I think we're going to see Boston and Milwaukee. That's, that's Boston that's, and Milwaukee? It's my guess, Following the upset over there in the NL. Why is that? That's what I, that's what I think we're gonna see. Not yeah. not that I'm saying that's, you know, what's gonna happen. Because yeah. you know, I would like to see the Dodgers. I'm I'm kind of a little bit of a uh, a secondary Dodgers fan. Working for the Loons as a communications coordinator. I feel ya. you know all summer long. Being a guy, Did you guys some some love. Oh, I mean, yeah, the, the guy. I mean, dude, the guys at the Loons, man, they love it. The players like it. They they follow the Dodgers, obviously. Not not as much as. You know, fans in LA would, but even the playing mean, the players that are in the system, they follow it. They see what's up and and stuff like that. But man, I just think the bullpen for the Brewers is is really just way too much to handle. Yeah, I, I think that their bullpen is so dominant. That's just one of them all can, years. They're pitching. If you can hand it over to them, who's gonna stop that? I don't know. Pitching wins. Pitching wins. I mean,
0: we've we've seen that time and time again. You would have a great offense. Don't get me wrong, but. Producing ten, eleven runs every night is not as realistic as having pitchers that come in and dominate. Be able but to their hold offense team down. isn't even
1: that good either. Though that's the thing. I mean, yeah. you got guys like Lorenzo Cain, Curtis Granderson. You know, Yelich obviously has been great. Braun. Yep. There, there are names on this list. Mike Moustak has been there, done that before with Kansas City. You know, Orlando Arcia, Hernan Perez, Jonathan Scope. None of those names like jump out to you as oh-my-gosh type names. Yeah, maybe Ryan Braun a little bit, um, but he's nowhere near what he used to be. And you know, coming into the season, no one thought that Yelch was going to have the year that he had. I just love the underdog factor. I think they take that Don't and they use that to their advantage, man. I think that really helps them, especially in, in a series like this when you're going up against a team that's you know well-known, not only in the state of California, but across the entire United States and really the whole world. People know who the L.A. Dodgers are. For sure. It's got to think either way. Either way,
0: you're guaranteed to get a great World Series out of this. And I think you're guaranteed to get two great championship series. So it'll be fun to see what happens. But let's end the show now with our usual stud and duds. Evan, I will uh, start with you. Who's your stud this week?
1: Yeah, my stud um, this week is, you know, thinking about it and getting deep on it. My stud this week is Utah. All right. And for a reason that, you know, maybe doesn't make a ton of sense, but, you know, to me, I like them, man. You you win forty to twenty one against Stanford, and and I'm going to give you a lot of credit for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, they're not they're not a team that's going to shock you. They're not a team that's going to do anything crazy this year. But coming in having an upset like that, that that's super cool. Stanford was a team that people were high on. They 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 really were, and they lost to Notre Dame 38-17 and it was one of those oh well, it happens type of a game. Yeah, but you know can't happen though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you lose to Utah and. Kudos to Utah for for that one, for sure. And my uh, my
0: stud is gonna be a, a writer this week. I'm gonna pick a, a guy who writes about sports, Jeff Seadell. Um, the story he did on Joe Murphy, uh, who was a former star hockey player at MSU, um, and was a number uh, the one of the first draft picks for the Red Wings, um, back in his day when he used to play hockey, is now homeless in Canada, and he, he's been there for nearly a year now, where he's been homeless, but. No one's really been able to find him. To be able to track him down and get the story that he put out there, um, if you guys haven't seen it, he writes for the Detroit Free Press. Make sure you guys go and check that out because it's a phenomenal story, just about how you know this guy has had offers to still be able to you know get have his former teammates buy him a home, whatever. And he's just denied it. He doesn't want help from anybody. He says he even you know hates taking anything from anybody. Like even when they offer him you know a free McDouble on the side of the road, whatever it is, they don't want. It. He lives under a gas station sign on, on a little blanket. There's a lot of details, but really just go in there and read the whole story. It's phenomenal. And it's one of the best pieces that I've ever read. Um, simply since I've been alive. So great story by Jeff. It was
1: it was unreal. Unreal. I mean, it unreal. Was unreal.
0: Unreal. I mean seriously, like even if you're not a fan of sports, that's those are the kind of stories that you could read um for sure. And definitely something to definitely something to go look up on the free press. So Evan, who's your dud.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> I'm gonna go with a little bit of maxion this week. Um, for for my dud. Might surprise you, but I gotta go eastern Michigan. As my dud, and not only for the week, granted, you know, they did lose to Western Michigan 27-24, but let's look at their last five games this season. They've been 1-4 and in those last five games after a a week one win over Monmouth, but they beat Purdue by one, they beat Buffalo 30, they lost to Buffalo, excuse me, 35-28, they lost in overtime to San Diego State, and they lost in triple overtime to Northern Illinois, and then they lose by three to Western Michigan. I mean that is a team that just can't get over the hump when you have a late game situation and, and you come up short. Something's got to give there in uh, in Ypsilanti. Stick with a little bit of action. Eastern Michigan, my dud. you got to get it done late in games. Come on now,
0: mine. I'm just gonna keep hating on the guy because he's pretty much been the whole topic of our podcast. Mason Crosby, how do you miss that many field goals when you're that that much of a veteran? You've been around for this long. You you simply can't let. I mean, I know I know I've never been a kicker, but I, I can't really say that, but. Man, that many missed field goals in a game when your team needed you to get a win. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has to just be looking it's out the field like, oh my gosh, dude, seriously put one through the uprights. The one thing I do want to say, um, Mike, Mike McCarthy, almost in a stud effort, sends him back out there at the end of the game for a pointless field goal. Didn't matter. There was like four seconds left of the game. Let him kick one more time and he put it right through the uprights. Get his confidence back. I like that move by the coach. But nevertheless, he lost him a game this year and who knows what that could cost him by the end of the year. So that'll be it. Uh, make sure you guys uh, follow along, listen to our stuff off iTunes and SoundCloud. You can also find it on the CM Life Twitter page and all over CM Life. For Evan, I'm Andy. Thank you for listening.